0: We have a new idea for the show. In the next coming weeks, we're going to talk about how to improve your iPhone photography. It's Monday, June 19th, and this is the iPhoneography Podcast. I'm Greg McMillan. I'm joined by my good buddy, Dave Podner. Hello, Dave.
1: Hey, Greg. How's it going tonight?
0: It's going really good. We've got some beautiful weather. Can't ah. complain. Um, and uh, we've got some really exciting things to talk about. Yes, um, we do we're not talking about new products or services or nothing like that, but we're talking about kind of what this show is all about. And that's learning new stuff. Um, So quick little backstory for everybody. Uh, I was sitting at my desk and I was trying to think of something that I could write about for this column I do It's called beyond the sensor. And I put it on the Facebook group and, in a couple other groups and and sometimes it even goes right on my website or maybe it was there first and I you know turn it into a column on the on the Facebook groups. But anyway, I was thinking what could I possibly write about? So I had this brainstorm to do something that kind of goes against my grain, but Dave's actually talked me into thinking that it's maybe not so bad. And that is using chat GTP that AI generator to come up with an ideas, some ideas. So I typed in um, something like, I forget what the exact words now were, but I said, what can I write about to help people improve their iPhone photography? And it came up with a, a, you know, a good long list of things. So I thought, Hey, this is pretty interesting. So I took each item in that thing and I asked it to basically summarize that you like each one and basically it come up with almost like a course i guess you could say and so dave and i are going to spend the next x number of weeks i forget how many weeks it's going to be um let's see here it looks like it's going to be seven weeks talking about this stuff that chat gtp gave me to you know um uh, these ideas, these, these ideas to talk about, to help people improve their photography, um, with an iPhone. I mean, and not a lot of this stuff can be used in traditional photography as well, not, not just mobile, but, um, we're going to, uh, you know, put our own spin on things, uh, with, with our, you know, knowledge and experience that we've had over the years. Cause Dave and I have been shooting with just iPhones for quite some time, mm-hmm. hence the podcast and, um, we're going to start with the first one that it gave us and it was, it was mastering composition. So the, the, the thing said, um, it started with the line mastering composition in iPhone photography involves understanding and applying fundamental principles to create visually compelling and balanced images. Here are some tips to help you improve your composition skills. So before we get started, dave um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know what do you think of this whole idea you think it's a you think it's a banger
1: yeah i do because a lot and i hate i hate when people it it, this is the basics and this is not just the basics of iphone photography like you said this is just the basics of photography or any kind of visual art yeah you know Mm -hmm. if you were a painter you would still think about these same ideas if oh, you sure, were yeah, in the yeah. sculpting, you would still have the same ideas, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. any kind of visual art um anytime you have an image somewhat related, you know, even if it's a uh, a i generator or computer generated image, this is still kind of rules, and again, these are rules of thumb, these are not hard and fast rules sometimes right. you can break the rules and get something interesting,
0: yes, exactly,
1: but as a And because I hate to say basics because it makes it sometimes feel like beginner, but it isn't. It's just a good foundation to build off of. Yeah, yeah. You know, before you can break the rules, you kind of have to know what things are based on. And if you master that, then you know, oh, if I do different or if I don't do this or if I do this instead or if I follow this, this is what it's going to look. But I can do one or two things to add my particular touch to it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the other thing is if you get used to a, a composition, again, you don't need an iPhone for this, you know, if anything that you're taking a picture of. Yeah. You start to look for this without consciously looking for it. You right. Know, yeah. Uh some of the things we're talking about, you just kind of go, oh. That would be an interesting picture, or I like the way that looks. And after a while, you're like, the, the whole idea is so ingrained. You're like, I like it. I can't put the five points down why this works. But when you start looking back, you're like, oh, I like it because of this, mm-hmm. And like, you know, as we like four or five points, you go, like, oh, I like it because of this, this, this. And that's why it's interesting to me. But a lot of times you don't think of it as you're taking the photo.
0: Yeah. And a lot of things that we're going to talk about will actually be applicable to video when you think about Mm it, right? And and as we go through these, people, you know, if if you think about that, folks, you you'll you'll probably realize that yeah, this could apply to video. Um, So the way we're going to do this is we are going to suspend our um, uh, section of the podcast called our recent photos because what we're going to be doing is as we talk about each point, we're going to have an image on the screen of your uh, podcast player, just like we do with our recent photos. Uh, so, you know, for this episode, we have nine different things we're going to be talking about. So there's going to be nine different photos on the screen to look at. And then when when we finish the whole series, then we'll, we'll bring that segment back to the show. Mm -hmm. But, um, So, you know, as we talk about these things or as with with the beginning of each segment, take a look at your phone and you'll see the image that pertains to the uh, part of the composition that we're talking about. And um, so we each have uh, images in here that we're going to talk about. And uh, I've got four and Dave's got five. So um,
1: now before we get started, I'll say real quick. Two of my three images would have been one, two of my recent uh, photos.
0: You know what? Mine would have been well, all of mine would have been recent too. That's <laughs> in fact, and, in and fact, two of the,
1: uh, one of the one is definitely not recent because it's showing frost, and it's been a while. Oh yeah, and yeah. the other two are from the Pittsburgh Marathon, which was early May, so we're talking still month and a half ago.
2: Yeah. So we're all all the
1: images are relatively recent. Plus, now that we have an outline for the next few weeks, Mm -hmm. we can kind of get a feeling and look for for pictures that are examples of what we're going to show.
0: Yeah. It's basically like a self assignment. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. This
1: is something that people at home can try. You know, you want to try doing rule for thirds, or, you know, some of the other ones is like, OK, go and take a picture and post it in the Facebook group or exactly. wherever you want to look and, you know, say, hey, oh, I'm trying. Don't think about it as assignment because, you know, we're not, you know, yeah, not we'll, we'll just we'll just say, you know, it, it, it it's
0: try. it's kind of like kind of like a little bit of homework where you can just go yeah. out and, you know, kind of think about what, what we talk about and, and take some pictures and then put them in the group. And then, you know, maybe. Um, Uh, maybe we'll come up with some hashtags that people can use that will uh, group them all together and uh, you know, we can find them and have a look at them and and see how people make out. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun Mm -hmm. series to do and I'll guarantee you, Dave and I will probably learn from each other by doing this uh, because that's what it's all about. You know, uh teach what you know and learn what you don't that's why i always say that so um so we're gonna start with rule of thirds that's probably the most popular um uh you know uh composition thing that people talk about and so we'll start when we do these dave we'll start by reading what it said mm-hmm. in chat gpt and then we'll expand on it so rule of thirds Enable the grid overlay on your iPhone camera settings. The rule of third suggests placing key elements along the grid lines or at their intersections. This helps create a sense of balance and visual interest in your photos. So, folks, if you're looking at your screen, you'll see this. um, This is a lookout tower right here in my hometown. And the base of the tower is at a, a lower elevation than the um, boardwalk that goes up to the door where you can actually go in and climb the tower to the top and look out over the city. And when I took this photo, uh, as you can see, the boardwalk comes out maybe just a little lower than the third, but it's pretty close to the third. Um, third Out of the two horizontal thirds, it's on the top one. And then the vertical structure of the tower itself would be on the right side vertical line of that third if you had a grid on there uh that showed you know where the thirds are so the boardwalk comes out where it connects to the tower that would be where the two lines intersect on your on your grid lines and that just makes for a pleasing image um you know, it balances it out. It, it it doesn't look awkward. It doesn't look heavier on one side than it does on the other. And I think that's why that rule is so um, widely used by a lot of people and, and so important in composition, because it just gives that aesthetically, that aesthetically pleasing look to an image. And, um, you know, and like Dave said earlier, you know, that rule is made to be broken. But just to illustrate the point, you know that these these the, this um the the the, the way the boardwalk walk comes out and meets the tower itself that just balances that image out nicely and of course you know there's all kinds of foliage and stuff in the in the frame to fill it up too but you can definitely see where the the walkway comes out and hits the tower and and um you know just balances it out like i say mm-hmm. uh your thoughts dave on rule of thirds
1: yeah, and this the world of thirds is a nice way to get around centering the images. Yeah, it, because that a lot of times people want to put the focus right. Which, which you know, it's it's if you think by default you want that image to be right in the center to pull people right to the middle. The problem is when you put that image right in the center, it can make I mean dead center. It yeah. can make the image kind of it make the rest of the picture kind of boring yeah oh yeah it just kind of loses a lot of the it's going to sound kind of making up but dynamic i know mm-hmm. it sounds weird for a photo by dynamic but if you're in the middle it look it just feels a lot more stacked and if it's unbalanced or not e- even if it's not symmetrical you have it not in the middle
2: yeah so yeah.
1: it has a little bit more of a a feel to it than just putting dead in the center. So I think that's one part where the rule are, even if you don't do the four corner roll thirds, mm-hmm. but just knowing that keep it. And that way it's nice because you're keeping it off center, but you're not putting it way over on the edge.
0: Yeah. Where... yeah. I mean, imagine this picture here. If I had put yeah. the, the the vertical part of the tower in the center of the frame with the walkway coming off to the side, I think it would have looked completely left side heavy in the frame.
2: Yeah.
0: And the the right side would just be empty like maybe not empty space but it would just it I, th- I think it would just look awkward. So mm-hmm. um so that's rule of thirds and uh our next one is leading lines and right. that's that's yours dave.
1: Okay. Uh, From the chat, uh, look for natural or man-made lines that can lead the viewer's eyes into the image. Uh, Examples include railroad, fences, rivers, or even shadows. These lines add depth and guide the viewer's attention to the main subject. Uh, The classic one that I think a lot of when you're like a kid in elementary school, if you have art class, is the telephone poles. Uh, Along a road kind of leading off and how they're getting smaller. So you learn perspective that way Mm -hmm. where you're leading to a single point. And it it can, like I said, it can either lead to a subject or it can just have a feeling of going off in the distance. Think about looking down a, a railroad track or looking down the road that may go off in the distance and maybe bend off a little bit, but you're still leading yourself away. So you have a feeling of swoopiness or a feeling of motion that you can get off of there.
0: Yeah. And and it doesn't have to be a straight line either.
1: No, no, no. It it could just kind of lead you off. Um, And when I get to my next point, there's also a little bit of leading lines uh, in addition to the main point on that one too. But for this one, uh, this is the uh, Mon Incline in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And this is at the bottom, uh, looking straight up at the top uh, station. And it, th- this is, I, I forget which one's older. I think the Mon one is older. Um, originally, when this thing was built, there was the passenger one, which is this one. So it takes you from the bottom to the top of the hill. Uh, there was also a cargo one. So because this was built in the 1880s, you would put you would put your horse drawn. I don't want to say carriage, that's not the right term, but horse drawn card or delivery horse drawn in the other incline. It would take you from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. And it's really steep. Um, You don't get a feeling uh, until you get on it how steep it actually is. Yeah. Well, I've I've water. seen
0: pictures that you've you've had yeah. of, of looking at this from the side and and it yeah. does look pretty steep. Yeah. Um but what I like about the way you've composed this one is you know the, the leading lines take you up to the top but that it doesn't end there for me anyway. My eyes keep going around the frame because you have the um um the car for for the lack Mm -hmm. of term, I don't know if that's what you call it, Um, but you have the car on the left Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a a building on the right-hand side. And, you know, those to me are points of interest because you not only have the car on the left, but you have the reflection of the building in the windows of the car. And I think that is so cool. Um, And, you know, you managed to stand in the exact spot you needed to be to If you look at the leading lines going up to the, the top, on the left-hand side, if you follow that down with your eye, the reflection is almost perfectly aligned as if that was just a window with no glass in it, and you could see the track through there. Like That and, and is you know, amazing to me how you managed to do that.
1: I, dumb luck. I actually <laughs> did not plan that reflection. <laughs> <laughs> I did not plan that reflection. But yeah, and basically what you're seeing on the right is mm-hmm. the bottom half of the station when the car comes down. Yeah. So if you look at the door on the far right, that door would open up and you get into the next car.
2: Oh yeah. After
1: yeah, it comes okay. down.
0: Well, so, that gives that a sense of scale then too, knowing what that what that is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, like I said, just the way the re- the windows just reflect that perfectly. And the green and everything—it's you kind of like I said. The left side looks like you're looking through the car, instead yeah. It, of it does. A reflection.
2: Yeah, um,
1: but, but
0: so I mean, th- this is a, yeah. a classic example of leading lines, and mm-hmm. you know, it it leads your eyes through the frame. Um, but just the way you've composed this, and and what the subject matter of the of it all is, your eyes just keep going around and round, and mm-hmm. and that makes a very interesting photo for me and and i'm sure everybody would agree with that i think so that's pretty cool
1: now one thing that is kind of neat on this that notice on the tracks as they go up there are lights on the outside so at night they light up so that's the way you can actually if you think about it if you take this picture at night it would have a different feel to it because the yeah. leading lines, you wouldn't be able to see the track so much, but you would be able to see the the lights on the outside kind of following up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be
0: interesting if you ever got a, a shot of this at night. I don't know if you could stand where you were there oh, yeah. and get that
1: yeah, same I, shot or not. But. Well, it'd be easier to do um, not in the middle of spring or summer. Yeah. Just because, yeah. you know, it doesn't get dark until like 9:30 or so and I don't yeah. know how late it, it's open till.
0: Well, into the fall when it gets yeah. dark around 5:30 or so.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and then you could see it lit up then and it, this would be a you know, like I said though, but it's it's it this is literally a tilted train if you will.
2: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Cuz so you can tell they're they look like railroad tracks.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So you have that going up to the point of the other station.
2: Yep. Yeah,
0: well, cool. So, you know, leading lines, there's lots of possibilities there. And, um, you know, again, it doesn't have to be straight perspective like that. It could be, uh, um, uh, like Dave said, it could curve uh, through the frame or whatever. just wherever, wherever your eyes go. Um, so the next one is... So, there's two of them in the program that have to do with symmetry. Uh, this one is symmetry and patterns. So, I'll read the, the uh, what, what ChatGTP gave us. And it says, symmetrical compositions can be visually pleasing. Look for some symmetrical elements, such as buildings, reflections, or landscapes. Additionally, patterns in nature or repetitive shapes can create a strong visual impact. So that's exactly what happened with this one. Uh, this is a—I I don't know my flowers, as you know. So this is some kind of a, um, a a big daisy that we have in a flower pot in our in the backyard of our house here, and they've they've been growing nicely. And now there's probably I don't know three or four of them in the pot, and they're just white, as you can see, looking at the image on your on your. Uh, podcast player screen there and well there was an ant walking around uh frolicking about this one here so i was out taking a whole bunch of pictures of it and so the where the symmetry is in this image is well that the center of the flower is is in the center but just a little below center um so center vertically but just a little bit below center horizontally and The symmetry is the the fact that there's the petals of the flowers going each way. But then there's patterns too. So the patterns are in the center of the flower. There's um, all these little, I don't know, stamen. Um, Again, I'm not a botanist, but these little parts around the center of the flower have a very distinct pattern. And there's also patterns on the petals themselves which, you know, show texture and, um, uh, you know, they kind of go everywhere out from the center. And, you know, looking at the ant, it's not perfectly centered, which kind of defeats the symmetry idea. But when you think about it, if you look at the, there's, you got the ant, but then you've got a water droplet opposite, um, still kind of on the edge of the center of the flower, Near the bottom part of the flame, uh, the flame, the frame, there's a water droplet there, or a couple of them that are, you know, kind of almost symmetrical uh, in nature as far as the image goes. But um, you know that that's kind of a minor part, really. But uh, I, I just thought that the biggest part of the symmetry was, um, you know, with the center of the flower, right center of the frame, maybe a little bit below center, but center vertical, uh, vertically, vertically. And the the patterns were the you know the things in the middle of the flower and on the petals themselves. So that's just a you know something to give it some strong visual impact. I think.
1: Oh yeah, and it's still kind of mind blowing that if you zoom in, seeing the detail on the ant. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And the ability to see the water droplets on a dark background in the middle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this so, this was taken with my uh Reflex um long range macro lens. Okay. And I believe I just I was using the Reflex Pro camera app, but I had an epiphany when I was doing this and that was to just use the Apple camera app and go to two times because then it still uses the um hmm. the main camera but it okay. gets you closer without having to put the lens on the telephoto so that's what i did with this one and it, it worked out pretty good i thought um got now, nice and close and
1: there's you know, a that, 2x um that uses a full 48 megapixel image then
0: well it it, it or... crops the sensor okay. right it, it uses okay. a central part of the sensor but okay. it so but it's native resolution at 12 megapixels
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So, yeah. But
1: so still, that's, you know, and, and th- it, the ant is to me because it does have a, a vertical orientation. You know, right. if the ant was tilted, it would throw it off.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah.
1: But but the fact that the ant is basically going up and down. Yeah. That it, it kind of adds to the symmetry because it gives you a, a, a reference.
2: Yeah,
0: and it, it would have been so much better if he was just right top, dead center, but uh, nothing I could do about that. It's not like I can guide no, him. I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah, well, this is also, like I said, this is why we said that rule of thumb, If you're, especially if you're doing nature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nature is amazing. Yeah. Landscape shops and, you know, you're never going to get pixel perfection. Right. Because yeah. you're taking photos of something that is not planned a lot of times or not staged.
2: Yeah. So oh yeah. If
1: you're not, if it's not staged, it's really hard to get that exact symmetry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so next we have one of yours again and it's framing. And I thought this was a pretty interesting image um and oh I, I just love these bridges in pittsburgh
1: <laughs> well we got enough of them so
0: yeah yeah
1: so this was taken during the marathon uh so that's why i was able to get this image because this is in the middle of the road okay yeah. and what you're seeing above is the on-ramp to the bridge Oh, okay so it kind of acts as a frame for the city
2: and mm-hmm. the image
1: Right. Uh I didn't darken the underneath. I darkened it a little bit, yeah. but I didn't completely darken it. So you can still see a little bit of the yellow mm-hmm. supports underneath. And that ramp basically goes from left to right and then you bend onto the bridge going downtown. Oh, okay. So not only does the you know the the bar kind of going across the top frame the whole image and the bridge the bridge itself kind of frames into the city itself too. Yeah. And also just the whole, the river down below and, you know, the, the the on on ramp above gives it a wedge shape frame to the rest of the shot.
0: And yeah. And that's interesting because generally when people think of framing, you think of, you know, just rectangular or maybe Mm -hmm. even round. Um, but, a wedge-shaped frame is really—it's uh, really unique, and it works with this one.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, so just read what it said on for framing. Okay, then, no,
1: sorry about that. Yeah. So, this is utilize elements in the scene to create a frame around your subject. This can be archways, trees, windows, or any other object that helps direct the viewer's focus to the main subject.
0: And that's so, exactly what this does.
1: Yep and this is you know, also i think a little bit of leading lines yeah because as you look and this is the port bridge leading into downtown mhm um it kind of the because this is a double decker bridge so both the top and bottom kind of lead right into town
2: yeah yeah
1: uh if if you if and to kind of give this perspective if you've ever seen what is it a diary of a wallflower movie Mm, haven't heard okay, of it. Okay. Uh or a lot of the shots going into Pittsburgh through the Fort Pitt tunnel. This is the bridge you come off on. And I've seen a few well, going outbound, which is the the lower deck. Uh there's you will see memes that say right lane has to go left, right lane, right lane have to go left, left lane has to go right, you have six hundred feet to make it happen. Go. <laughs> <laughs> or oh look at the beautiful city oh you're in the wrong lane now you got a you got a five mile detour
2: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well I, I just i really like the way the uh the framing is um yeah you know with the wedge shape of a frame mm-hmm. it's so unique and again uh, this is another image where it, it you know the eyes just keep kind of going around like you know the the underside of the Part on the top is it's it's darker, so it's a little mysterious. And you wonder, you know, what is that constructed like? And then, um, you know, you get the you, even the overcast of the clouds um, shows a lot of texture and detail in the clouds, which you know, the iPhone is really good at doing, it's really good at doing um what whatever is in the landscape. And in th- in this case, it's the bridge and the city and the river and that, but it, it also gets the clouds. And had you been using a traditional camera, you you'd have to do a double exposure to get this kind of detail. Right. right.
1: so and I did yeah. do some editing in Lightroom to boost up some parts and you know, yeah. boost oh, down yeah. some others and add a little bit of clarity and uh the dehazing part. Right. Yeah, so,
0: and, and that, that's expected. I mean, yeah. you've got quite, quite a, a range of, um, you know, uh, a, a range of light conditions, lighting mm-hmm. conditions here. So um, it is that, amazing
1: that's... what it can because this was not taken. This was not a raw photo. So oh, this yeah. is a JPEG photo that I did, yeah. and it still was able to save this detail.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And everything yeah. to to think about. And this is just general tip that not necessarily mm. composition I did a quick wipe down of the lens before I told okay the right uh because this was at mile eight ish or so of running so and I had this on an arm pack that I was running oh with. yeah yeah so I took it out of the arm pack of course you Run eight miles, you tend to sweat a little bit,
2: a little <laughs> bit, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I had to find somewhere dry to wipe off the lens to make sure it wouldn't have a spot on it. Uh, but you know, even if you're doing something where you're not necessarily wet, just do a quick wipe of the lens,
2: <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so the next one yep. is negative space, um, and this is the one that I was going to cover. So, negative space, uh, so chat G chat the I'll get it right. Chat GTP said, sometimes leaving empty or negative space around the subject can enhance the composition and draw attention to the main subject. Experiment with different compositions by interge- or by including open skies, empty walls, or expansive landscapes. So the image that I provided for this isn't any of that, but it's um, it, it's it's part of a river. We were down at the park. I just took this today, as a matter of fact. And we we were taking the dog for a walk. And my wife, I was, I was, you know, on the riverbank doing other things. And my wife called me over to this little bridge and said, Hey, there's a big fish. So I ran up there and sure enough, this great big, I think it's a catfish because it looks like it has, um, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the mouth is at the lower part of the, uh, the head and it was just swimming along. So, I had my circular polarizer on my iPhone mm. and I was making sure that I could see the fish below the surface of the water and it was just swimming along and this this is um this is uncropped so you have the subject the main subject that take, takes up such a small part of the frame and the rest of it is all negative space and they, i guess it's called negative because it's it it's not part of the subject it's it's, it's um um I don't, know, I don't know what the best way to describe that is but it, it just uh allows you to look at the subject without really worrying about what's around it and uh that so like a, another good example of negative space could be like a bird flying in the air and all you've got is sky around a little bird, Uh, the bird takes up such a small part of the frame, you know, that that could be considered a a great example of negative space.
1: Yeah. And one thing that can be a help, um, just knowing like your negative space isn't completely flat. There's still texture to it. Yes. You know, there's still texture on the water. So if you think negative space, just don't think like pitch black and only having a highlight. You can still do that. I mean, if you're going dramatic, dramatic, like uh, a portrait, mm-hmm. you know, you want to focus on that person in the portrait. And even in portrait mode, you can select it where it'll have a completely black or completely white surrounding to the actual subject itself. Mm-hmm. But having a little bit of texture, that that that's still, it's not, you know, it's still an option with negative space.
0: Oh sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As long as, as long as the subject basically takes up a very small portion of the frame Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the rest kind of don't matter so much. That's, that's a good, good, uh, uh, way to, um, give it negative space. Um, and so next there's actually, you have the next three, Dave. Um, he, he, Dave, Dave sent me some pretty cool images to, uh, you know, to fit into this stuff. Uh, This next one is for depth and layers.
1: Right. And this was taken during just a walk time I had. And this is one. Read read the description. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep, keep (laughs) okay. Okay, consider adding depth to your images by including foreground, middle ground, and background elements, and the cat meowing. Uh, This (laughs) can create a sense of dimension and make the photo more engaging. So this was again during during a photo walk. I was not. I won't call it a photo walk. It was a walk I was doing that I was trying to keep in mind as I was walking different photos. And this is on top of Mount Washington. So this is uh, if you think about where the incline was, this the picture I'm doing now was at the top, looking okay, down yeah. at the city. Yeah. And there's enough trees on the hill that the city kind of pokes through the trees. So the trees are relatively close, 20, 30 feet away, relatively close. And the city is a half mile away across the river. So it does give you that night depth. And of course, the iPhone does a good job with keeping everything in focus like this. But still, yeah, you do still have a little bit of a focus difference between and because it was a hot day. And it's across the river. It's a little bit hazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: that adds a depth perception. Mm-hmm. You know, also knowing that the trees are obviously smaller than the buildings across the river.
0: Oh, yeah, you know. for sure. But this is, <laughs> so, this know, is like, this is what, I guess what they call compressing the image, too.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And this is a little bit of framing, too. Because yes. Because the trees act like a bottom frame, and the sky acts like a top frame, if you will. Yeah, yeah. To the downtown images. Because the big building that says uh, UPMC on it is the U.S. Steel Building. Yeah, and it's around 800 feet tall. Oh wow! So yeah, it's like I said, it's a good distance away. It's not, but it. I also like the the uh, contrast of green, green, green trees with skyscrapers.
0: Yeah, you know, you could kind of call this concrete jungle, and it could mean two things. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was thinking because you have different buildings, and well, you actually have one building under construction. You you can notice if you zoom yeah. in just to the yeah. right of center. Yeah, I um, see the crane. notice also that this is kind of not a hundred percent rule thirds, but the it's almost always. When you look at picture, pictures of downtown Pittsburgh, the U.S. Steel Building gets your attention because not only is it the tallest building, it doesn't taper going up to the top mm-hmm. like most skyscrapers, and it's black and it looks black.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's dark and it kind of stands out a little bit. Yeah, but
1: and even it's...
0: even even though it's in behind everything in this frame, mm-hmm. it still stands out because it's because of the darkness of it and whatnot. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that adds even a little bit more depth because you have the building that's closest, that's kind of tall, mm-hmm. um, was built in the early 80s. And it's, you know, it's it, it's kind of, uh, it's not stainless, but it's that kind of white metal, light oh, metal yeah. and, and glass of yeah. the early 80s look. Yeah. Um, and it kind of contrasts to... Again, the thing that it says UPMC, because that was built in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's a different, you figure it's, 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 the layers are not just physical layers here, but when you have different types of items, it could be, you know, um, different types of, like nature, different types of bushes, different types mm-hmm. of trees. Yeah. You yeah. You could have trees and meadow. Or a tree in a grassy area, or different times, maybe a bush in the front that's in flat, that's in bloom, or yeah. just you know a, a different type of bush, like an evergreen, or even in like in the winter scene, if you want to get depth, if you had some evergreen trees which are green and the brown sticks in the mm-hmm. background, that gives you some additional depth. Yeah. So it it can nope. be depth due to the distance, but depth also due to different textures that are in the book. yeah
0: yeah and i see five layers in this and so what i see going from the front to the back is i see the green foliage for sure and then i see the you know the building right in the center the, the older building or, or the the one that was built in the 80s rather
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: and then the next layer to me is the uh the black building even though it's kind of part of that middle layer it's still to me kind of like a different layer Mm -hmm. and then beyond that if you look in between the buildings you see you know trees and whatnot way back in the distance and then of course then you get the sky so that to me looks like five different layers in an image and it's so well captured that it 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 gives it a lot of interest and a lot of different things to look at Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so that's that's pretty cool um You know, great example of depth and layers, you know, a lot of depth. Um, So next is point of view.
1: Okay. Uh, for this one, experiment with different angles and perspectives to add interest to your composition. Try shooting from a low or high angle or even in close to your subject for a unique point of view. So this is where having the iPhone does have an advantage Mm -hmm. because it works on macros so well. Without, yeah. you know, point and choose obviously don't do macro well. Uh, exchangeable lenses do macro excellent, but it's not as easy as holding a phone up.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: So this was actually taken, um, I believe these are metal pipes. Um, this was taken back in February. So, again, it was cold. Um, And this was, you can see, and I got really close. So, there's, again, remember in the beginning I was saying how you can have multiple things going on? Yeah. There's leading lines here, too.
2: Yep.
1: Yep. Because you have the two poles here kind of leading from bottom right to upper left. Mm -hmm. But the nearer one has... The frost on it. So, this is where, again, just having in mind as you're going walking around, having that photographer's mind yeah. saying, you know, this is just literally frost on a pipe. But <laughs> yeah, getting close, you know, it's something that you really don't want to grasp with your bare hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, this was an exceptionally cold day. But mm-hmm. I was kind of seeing this and I got really close. And if you zoom in, you can actually see the crystalline structure Yes. on the frost. But yeah. as you're leading away, it gets a little blurrier and blurrier and blurrier.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say, I think you focused on just the right spot in this image because had you focused any closer, um, I think it would have taken too much away from the background And if you had focused too far up the pipe the other way, then, you know, it it would have taken too much from the foreground and made it, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the element of interest wouldn't be there, but focusing right where you did, you leave just enough, um, out of focus, like bokeh, I guess you could say before and after Mm -hmm. the point of focus that it, it really, um, it's more compelling this way. Uh, and like you say, it shows the, the, the patterns of the crystals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's
2: really yeah. well captured.
1: And this is one advantage of the iPhone is that you can see what the image is going to look like before you take it. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to get down. like, And I remember this day. I remember this day. The temperature in Fahrenheit was around four. Ooh. And the <laughs> wind chill was sub zero Fahrenheit.
2: Yeah, that's cold. So
1: It it was this was this was frigid. This is frigid. So this is not necessarily a day you can spend a long time outside taking photos. Yeah. (laughs) So having it where I can go down and say, okay, no, I I, because a lot of these shots and I don't particularly remember this one, but a lot of these macro shots, I try to get closer and further away so you can test it as you're taking the photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see if you like how it'll zoom in or not. Yeah, so that is one advantage there.
2: Yeah, well, I think um, uh, you know,
0: getting back to point of view, I think it's it's really cool how you got like okay, so just just to put this into perspective, um, and and educate me as well. These pipes are were they laying on the ground or? I or... Uh,
1: no, they were coming. They were up. So they were. Um, maybe hip level, maybe a little bit taller. Okay. So I just had to bend, I, I kind of had to bend over, but I didn't have yeah, to bend yeah. like on the ground to take a shot, right. to take the shot. Okay.
0: Because you could have easily, if it just stood up and, and, and shot this looking down at them, you know, yeah. that, that would have given a complete different look to it from a different point of view, even though exactly. your even though your camera was in close proximity to where it actually was for this shot, um, You know, I mean, just the the angle that you approached it with the camera makes a big difference in how Mm -hmm. the final image looks. So, you know. I
1: mean, another one would have been if, and I'm trying to remember exactly how the pipes were if I could have done this, get between the two pipes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And do
1: more of a leading lines look straight away. Yeah. Especially if I could have gotten someone like in the back. it would have been blurry, the person in the background. Right. Yeah. But you could have gotten maybe a person walking between looking like the two pipes or people in the background.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's a
1: a different point of view or obviously on this day and this location would not have been possible. But even going from below, looking up.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: But again, uh, when it's that cold, I'm not getting on the ground
0: yeah really
1: <laughs> or at least on purpose
0: and and just to put that um you know that part of it into perspective too as far as the temperature goes um you said it was about four degrees Fahrenheit yeah and so for Celsius zero degrees Celsius is 32 Fahrenheit so you can imagine just how cold that must have been uh we'll let we'll let the listeners do the math on that one. But you know that that's that's pretty cold. That's that's pretty cold. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you, it's a good thing you didn't lose your balance and have to grab the pipe just to just help you from falling over, you get a bit stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah so is, that's pretty
1: cool. And this is one day that I had to be outside. Uh, I had an event, so I had to be outside. Uh, yeah. Uh if I didn't have to be outside. Um, you wouldn't have been. <laughs> I wouldn't have been. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. Um, so next is balance and symmetry, and this one's yours as well.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. And this is actually a little bit. Okay, let me do. Uh, balance the elements within a frame to avoid a cluttered or unbalanced composition. Uh, pay attention to the visual weight of different elements. Ensure they are distributed, distributed harmoniously. So um this is similar to symmetry but Mm -hmm. instead of patterns finding different patterns because there's still patterns here also
2: yes
0: there is
1: this what i have here is kind of a larger structure yeah um obviously because you have a flower i have a bridge Mm -hmm. uh again this was taken um during uh the pittsburgh marathon uh this is like a mile before the earlier picture with the bridge Uh, Different bridge. Uh, And again, this is one of those shots that, and I would say if uh, there are festivals that different cities have, um, Pittsburgh has something called open streets where they shut down the streets to vehicular traffic and you can walk or bicycle on the streets where you can get these different perspectives that you normally can't get. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is in the middle of a, a bridge that is pretty busy so unless it was race day you're not getting in this location
2: yeah exactly
1: okay uh so you do have the symmetry like i said in terms of multiple things you have the balance because you do have the symmetry in the bridge the left and the right looking you know the same you do have Mm -hmm. some leading lines with the arch of the bridge going down yeah, meeting, yeah. Kind of, it would, looking like it's going to meet the road coming up towards it. So you have kind of two leading lines coming together, mm-hmm. uh, where it's not a hundred percent symmetric, still balanced is seeing the runners that are primarily on the right side. Close it.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I don't know about
1: back, anybody. they're a little spread out a little bit more.
0: Yeah. You know what? I don't know about anybody else looking at this image, but for me, I kind of, I, I mean, I know they're there, and I know they're significant, but I don't see them when I'm thinking about symmetry. I see the bridge. I see, you know, the um, the structure on the side of the bridge that's leading into the frame. I see mm-hmm. the two concrete towers, and, and and I see I see the symmetry and mm-hmm. the balance of the bridge itself, and the the people, the runners, are to to me kind of like an afterthought. In that whole concept.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't bother
0: me that they're there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're spread out and they're not overwhelming the bridge, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they're adding a little extra texture than if this was just a empty bridge.
0: Yeah. Had somebody been four or five feet closer to you and taken up a lot more of the frame, then that would have ruined the whole concept of balance and symmetry. But I don't. I don't think that happens in this frame. Yeah.
1: And so again, that's... this was, yeah. This was, and like I said, it, just knowing you have that nice, balance, again something man-made that obviously is more symmetrical than something natural. Mm-hmm. But getting that perspective, where and I like the fact that the clouds, like like with the other photo, it adds texture. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: It background. keeps it
0: keeps it interesting.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, like I said, this is if you can, especially if you have time, if you have a time or an event where you normally would not have that point of view to take a picture. Yeah. You know, Um, and I just like, especially when it comes to because even if you're driving on this bridge, you're not going to get this angle.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah so you, know, you made the most you're going of your on, opportunity you're going to be
1: off to the right a little bit more going onto the bridge you're not going to be dead almost dead center
0: yeah, yeah. so you you took advantage of it and made the best of this opportunity by mm-hmm. taking this shot and you took other shots of this as well like I, me- oh. I remember we talked about perspectives and uh, um you know you took this one then you took one closer in uh to oh. where the the bridge comes down
1: actually different bridge
0: it was a different bridge. Okay. But, but you know, the, the same idea though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Same, same idea day before. Uh, yeah. 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 But basically the, you know, like you said about the amount of bridges we got mm-hmm. bridges.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's cool. That's a, that's a good illustration of balance and symmetry. And, uh, you know, you know, again, the, the runners, they don't bother me with this concept. Um, Cause they're, there's, they're smaller in the frame and, and, uh, you know, They're still significant, I think, because it 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 just tells a story about about where and when you took this picture, uh, especially being able to do it with no traffic. Um, But it doesn't, to me, they don't affect the balance and symmetry of the frame. Uh, So finally, we have simplify, and this is the one I was going to talk about. So avoid cluttered compositions by simplifying your frame. Remove any distractions that do not contribute to the overall story or focus of your image. This helps direct the viewer's attention to the main subject. So with this image, it is a chipmunk. And it. so I think there's a few things going on here, Dave. We've got simplify, which is it shows the chipmunk in its environment, which is the subject. But this is cropped in, um, and I cropped it in Just for that reason, it's just to simplify the composition, because before the crop, there were so many ferns and plants and everything else Mm. around that you could hardly even tell. Well, I mean, you could tell, but I mean, it was a lot harder to tell that there's a chipmunk in the picture. So um, I forget just how much I cropped out, but I want to say I I bet you it's a good 30% I took off the edges. Mm. So, um, but we've also got framing in this. Mm-hmm. and you know the chipmunk is framed by the fence horizontally and vertically by the ferns so it's um you know kind of a, an, another uh, aspect of comp- composition covered there but and uh, rule of thirds and rule of thirds yes yeah. the uh, the top rail and the the the, the, ver- the vertical rail on the left they intersect just about where the guidelines or the grid lines in your, in your camera app would would cross so that's kind of a cool. And, and the, the head of that nail that's holding them together would probably mm-hmm. be right in that spot or very close to it. So, um, but you know, make sure when you're, when you want to simplify the frame uh, or simplify your composition. You know, get closer, crop, do whatever you have to do, but get rid of all the stuff that's really non-essential to the composition,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, uh, focus on your subject, uh, quote unquote, focus. Um, you know, so that your subject becomes the subject and not just something buried in the in the rest of it.
1: Yeah, it's equivalent of when you show a picture to someone, you don't want to have to say, "See, right there, there." That's exactly what I'm taking a photo of.
2: Yes, yes. You it takes people
1: to have to not have you want people to see it, and not have to hunt.
0: Yes, it takes the questioning out of it for sure. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I was just going to say real quick that if I if before the crop, you probably would have just seen a fence in the shrubs. So,
1: it, and one thing that helps is the chipmunk being a different, even though they're the fence and the chipmunk were both brown, mm-hmm. it, you have the white fur and you have the black stripes.
2: Yeah. And you have yeah. the
1: green around it. So it kind of stands out because the coloration's different.
0: Yeah. 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 There's a bit of a contrast there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it, you know, that that draws your eye in, I think. It, it's something, you know elementally and that's why different.
1: The simplify also is simplify colors. Yes. Because yeah. Even if you don't, not necessarily negative space, even though this is, they're somewhat related, but your your colors being, you know, here you have basically two greens. You have the ferns and you have the kind of deciduous plants. They're both yeah. green, one's a little brighter than the other. Mm-hmm. The fence is kind of a, a saw it light uh, brown gray. Yeah. You know, kind of like how fences get over time; they they get a little grayer. So yeah, the yeah. background, the background colors are are the colors themselves are simple. It isn't a rainbow color in the background and trying to pick out your subject.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you, you when you said color, that that really um, it, it's a, it's an excellent uh, illustration of simplifying because. Um, for for example, that I think of is in the in the fall when you have the fall colors on the trees. All it takes is for one deciduous tree to be growing amongst a bunch of evergreens, and it just pops out. And mm-hmm. you know, if you get close enough, um, well, even if, even if if there's no other deciduous trees, if it's all evergreens with one deciduous tree in there, it's it simplifies the composition with with color as the tool. And, and that's, that's a prime example of it right there. Mm
2: -hmm. So,
0: um, yeah. So, you know, fill the frame with your subject, keep the, uh, uh, keep the um, composition decluttered and simple. And, uh, you know, it just makes the, uh, makes the subject stand out. So, well, that's it. That's number nine that we had nine to do and we'd done them all. Um, So that was uh, mastering composition and um, I think that's a pretty good discussion on different the different aspects of composition and like you said Dave earlier, these rules are made to be broken, you know, there's no hard and fast uh, rules of composition, I mean there's other things that, that could be covered in composition too um, you know, like there's the uh, um, oh it's that darn thing that goes around the frame I can never remember the name of it uh anyway it 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 kind of swirls around and ends up you know it starts with the whole frame then uses half the frame and then quarter oh, of the frame
1: I know you're talking about nothing you i not the you know what I'm talking golden about. ratio
0: yeah that's it the golden ratio okay. I mean we could have got into that too but um chat GTP didn't give it to us so <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> this
0: is this is what yeah. we ended up with but uh um so Again, we've got seven episodes to do, and I'll give, I'll give everybody a heads up of what's coming up. So the next next episode is going to be talking about utilizing natural light, and then we're going to talk about understanding exposure, and then after that is exploring iPhone camera features, and then mastering editing apps, followed by using accessories, and we'll finish up with developing your unique style. So those are the those are the shows that are coming up in our series about um, improving your iPhone photography. So uh, I, I I'm excited about this. This is mm-hmm. this is so cool. And a little inside baseball for everybody is Dave and I generally don't know what the heck we're going to be talking about until we get on Zoom here and start, yeah. like, okay, let's, oh, yeah, well, we could do this. Well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes earlier in the day, we'll text each other and say, yeah. well, maybe we could talk about this or this, maybe we could talk about that. And then yeah, we come our, up with an idea.
1: Our, you know, used to, we we. I don't know, because as everyone knows, this is not our main job.
2: Right. Uh, this yeah. is
1: not even a job, if you will. This is a hobby, the podcasting, the hobby like photography. Yeah, um, so a lot of times work. We both have regular forty-hour plus a week jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, family, how you know everything else that you have to deal with, and you're like, okay, uh, podcast in three days. Uh, Is there anything news that's coming up? Is there anything here that happened in the last two weeks? You know, like when WWDC happens or. You know, or the release September, of a new we're iPhone. We're gonna or talk something. about the new iPhone
0: duh. Yeah. 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 So I mean the, the it's but it's just as a rule though, we generally don't know what the heck we're gonna talk about until an, a few Close hours by. before we start yeah. recording. So but this this has given us an outline for the next uh seven One shows. Two months. Yeah. And we've got so what we're gonna do is we're going to kind of give ourselves a little bit of homework with each of these assignments and try not to dig out of our archives but now we know that the next show is going to be about utilizing natural light mm-hmm. so we're going to try to come up with some photos that are about that so that'll kind of kind of be like recent photos um but it it'll just it, it won't be a segment of itself it'll be throughout the program so um i'm i'm really excited about this because i like having homework like this to do, especially when it comes to get, getting out to take pictures. It gets me off mm-hmm. my duff and and out in in the fresh air and, and uh, gets me doing something. So, uh, all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this, everybody. Um, you know, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, you know, leave something in the uh, um, Facebook group or, you know, hit us up on Twitter or Mastodon or wherever you find us and uh, let us know what you think of this whole idea. We'd love to hear what you, what you have to say uh, and, and, you know, any ideas for stuff in the future too. Um, don't be afraid to let us know. So on that note, Dave, let's hear about where we can find you.
1: Sure. You can find me on most social media as ProfPod. You can find me on TikTok as ProfPodPGH. And on the Facebook group is, is um, Dave Podner Jr.,
0: already you can find me on instagram at mcmillan photo uh twitter mcmillan underscore photo um probably the best place is go to the website called about.me slash mcmillan and you can find all my links there to wherever i'm gonna be um you know glass flicker all that stuff so um you know, like I say, hit us up, you know, tell us what you think about this whole idea. And uh, uh, because we'd love to hear it. So uh, anyway, thanks, Dave, for your continued expertise and and wonderful banter. And I guess we'll see everybody in the next one.
1: Have a great week, everyone.